I'm Joanne Olson, chairperson of the Station Keepers, and it gives me great pleasure to welcome you all here tonight. Both those of you who listen to our Sunday night podcast, The Opiongo Line, and those of you here with us tonight in the old Barry's Bay Railway Station, this wonderful old building, the last of its kind anywhere in Canada, that we are celebrating as it reaches its 125th anniversary this year. The station keepers are trying their very best to preserve and promote this old railway station by putting on local culture and heritage events such as the one we have tonight. And boy, do we have something special for you this evening. We simply call it a night to remember, the songs of Percy Bresenham. For what else could we call it? Percy is known far and wide throughout the Madawaska and Opiongo River Valleys and beyond. And for those of us who know him, know he's lived so many different lives that it's a wonder he's not part feline. And for those of you who don't know him, there's no real way to introduce him. He's more a force of nature than any one thing we might say about him. And so with further ado, I give you Percy Bresenhan, a man who needs no introduction. Thank you. This tonight is kind of a special night for me. I'm happy to be here on behalf of the station keepers to keep this identity going throughout the years. I'm from Madawaska, and I'm going to tell you the train and the stations there are all gone, and Madawaska was the top center from Ottawa to Perry Sound for the trains. And in the late 1980s, uh, 1900s, they built a roundhouse in Madawaska, and uh, the roundhouse took four trains. And by the 1900s, this train railroad uh, line was operating at such a capacity, they changed to a roundhouse that was 14, it housed 14 trains. And there was a lot of days in Madawaska there would be 21 trains in town. Now, can you imagine what we've lost? So I am, I'm really dedicated to this, and I hope that uh, it goes over good and makes some money for this uh, identity, this station. But one of the other reasons is my grandfather. and come to Madawaska for potatoes to start a potato farm for J.R. Booth. The Bresnan family would have never been in Madawaska except for J.R. Booth and the railroad. Then my grandfather moved from Cross Lake. He was born in Hibla and uh, he moved from Cross Lake finally to Madawaska potatoes and they used to train to send potatoes uh, to Ottawa and, and throughout so the train was a big part of, of our, our family so I owe it and as I grew up I started to yell and shout and, and sing and I had a friend who used to play the guitar he'd take me to the parties and I'd sing his name was Harold and he said to me one day, he said, uh, you better learn to play. 
because one day I won't be here. So I did. And here, one night in Barry's Bay, I dreamt, and this is what I dreamt.
Anyway, that happened in the bed in Barry's Bay. I get emotional now and then to, to just cry along with me, but, uh, you know, sometimes, I'm just going to tell you now, it's not the song that makes you emotional. It's the people you think about while you're singing the song. So it, it's good sometimes to get, a, get emotional. And, uh, you know, we don't appreciate what we have until it's gone. Anyway, uh, uh, I went away from Madawaska and came back a few years later and become mayor. Imagine, not the one on the farm. <laughs> but anyway, I became a mayor and uh, I was on the board of directors in North Bay and I was there for eight years and um, there'll be lots of people coming through the board. So we'd be walking around, maybe showing the new members the the office space and how they handled the, the clients and so on. And I had seen it a lot, so I was standing in the hallway and this little lady come by with a walker. And she went to go around me and she got the walker caught in the door jam. I reached over and I said to her, is there anything I can do for you, ma'am? She looked at me and said, give me a hug. So anyway, here we go, wrote this one. <laughs> And it's called A Hug Every Day. And also in this song, I lost a good friend from Madawaska that uh, died from the same reason. And uh, he, he died from being lonely, as far as I was concerned. And he was a good friend of mine. And the song goes something like this. My life changed the day When I heard that lady say All I really need is a hug Now it's too late today for me But I know you all could see That all I really Well, my family, they're all gone They've left me here alone And all I need from you is a hug A hug every day Could pay Hug every day could make a difference. A hug every day 
would pave the way A hug every day can make a difference Well, I lost a friend that way When he died, I heard him say All I really needed was love Now it's too late today for me But I know you all could see That all I really needed was a love Hug every day Could pay the way Hug every day can make a difference And as I drove home that night I thought of them And the tears fell from my eyes As I wondered why It's so hard to love Why is it so hard? Why is it so hard? Why is it so hard For us to love? Yes, my life changed that day That lady say All I really need Is a hug For my family They're all gone They've left me here alone And all I need From you All I really need All I really need All I really need is Just a hug Isn't that something? Now, if you ever go to those seniors' homes, you know they all need them hugs. And uh, like I said, uh, it's, it's hard to sing them and think about it. If I don't tell the damn stories, uh, I can sing them left and right. But if I tell the story, that's what the song is really about. And it, it can make you... <laughs> tears come a bit. Anyway, uh, I was a bear guide, and I built a business in Madawaska, and... Uh, Doing good until we voted for Mike Harris. Yeah, that that's, that kind of took a. <laughs> hey, that went the right way. <laughs> anyway, Mike Harris cost my business thirty-seven thousand in the spring. 
and he done it instantly. Once the boat was over the Shad Foundation, it, it happened instantly. I was in Harrisburg booking bear hunts, and I got the news that the bear hunt was over. It was all politics, and it lost a lot of hunters, lost a lot of money, or a lot of guides, lost a lot of money in northern Ontario. And believe it, believe me, we needed it. Anyway, I wrote this song, and I did it right away, and I haven't played it for 50 years. <laughs> I, Barry happened to hear it one time at the campground, and I guess that's why I'm playing it tonight. But it goes like this. And the 
mistake will bite your ass Much better Is there any teachers here? <laughs> anyway, I don't have a watch, so I don't know what's going on. And Barry won't tell me. But anyway, uh, I... When my mother passed away, I, I wrote a song the same day. That's what I do. I cry and write. And, and you can do the same. Because I'm, I'm telling you, it, it, it's a, a song that's to the heart. And if you've lost somebody, I just love a song. And it's, a, it's called, Like the Leaves That Turn to Fall. And uh, this might get me the right key here, not like the last song I've done. And the day my mother passed away, I, I wrote this song. And uh, I'm a firm believer in it, and I've sang this song to 20 hunters, and they all were crying, including me. Like the leaves that turn to fall, there'll be a day for Like you, Mom, 
all stand tall When it's my turn to fall And like the leaves that turn to fall There'll be a day for us all And there'll be no need to cry You'll leave your memory behind Like the leaves that turn to fall There'll be a day for Anyway, when I was a young lad, uh, 17 years old, I had an uncle named Abby. Maybe some of you knew Abby Bressenhan. But anyway, I was kind of lucky to have an uncle named Abby because he gave me a job at Burke Lake. And we were uh, cleaning all the wood around the lake. That was our job, to clean driftwood up. And uh, anyway, that uh, job at Burke Lake, I learned, I learned a lot from the gentleman that worked there. Does anyone here remember Mick Yanta? Can you imagine? What a giant of a man. I worked with him at Burke Lake, and I never, ever, in all the years of working, worked with a bigger, stronger, kinder man than Mick Yanta. And he was some powerful. I mean, when he grabbed his can hook to roll some of them soakers. He would break the can hook if it wouldn't roll. The other thing I can remember about Mick Yantha was his lunch. <laughs> the first time I seen him, I thought he brought lunch for all of us. The only man that would hit the little levers there and the, <laughs> the lid would go flip open. That was Mick's, Mick's lunch. And I worked with Mick for four years and I learned, learned a lot. I, Mick never talked a lot. Maybe he just spoke Polish because he never talked a lot. But I know he eat a lot. And I know Mick was a hard, hard worker. Andy Coolis worked there. You remember? Is it Andy Coolis who made the clocks? Yeah. Well, Andy Coolis worked there. And I don't think that any one of those guys could swim. They were scared of water. Like, uh, if it was real rough, they'd walk. So Andy worked there, and there was a guy, let me see if I can just, Bernie Schultz. Now, he was the opposite of Mick. Bernie. <laughs> you remember him? Do I have memories of him? Anyway, he, he drove one of our boats, and I know if he needed a license without drinking, he wouldn't have been allowed. Eh? Because he'd come to work, and he had no lunch. Opposite to Mick, he'd have no lunch. I really, I thought maybe Mick brought his lunch. But anyway, Bernie Schultz worked there in the three years I worked, and he drove a boat. And there was a guy named Vernie Dunn. He's from Madawaska. 
he, ro he drove the other boat. And uh, this guy bully. I mean, <laughs> when they named the bulls on the farm, it was after Bernie. Because he was, and nobody could work with him. So Abby put me under Bernie, which was good. Because I learned a lot from Bernie. And one of the things I did learn from him was how to get an outboard motor off the bottom when it's 20 feet deep. Yeah, he tried to drown me. He said, there's no problem. We'll just, you put this rope around your waist with the hook. And he had about a 20-pound stone. And he said, you just grab the stone and jump off the boat and you'll go right to bottom. <laughs> I did. I got the motor. almost drowned. But, you know, the, it's amazing. Yeah, just, just tie the... Anyway, there was a guy there. I'm supposed to tell a few stories. This is all true. Andrew Wechik was his name. He run a machine. And he was on shore, and, and he'd bring the driftwood on. Not a real big guy. Uh, you know, small, framed, but muscular. And there was a guy named Clifford Highland who worked with me. And he always smoked a cigarette, was all cur curled and crooked. And uh, he, he had it in his mouth all the time. And every time he went by me, I would trip him. <laughs> Smart Irish, you know what I mean? Anyway, I would trip him, and we had these, uh, we wore waders. I didn't, but these guys wore waders. And, of course, it would fill with water. He'd go to shore and dump it out. Ne next time I get a chance, I'd trip him. Well, this one day... This Andrew Wechik got off the skidder and he come down to the edge of the water and he said, uh, he wanted to talk to me. <laughs> so I go up there and he said, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? He said, quit it. I'm serious. Don't do it again. Well, I was a smart ass, so I said, well, I wonder what he has in mind. <laughs> So the next chance I got, I tripped Clifford and down off the skidder come Andrew. And he come down into the water, and I met him because I knew what he was up to, and I thought, well, Andrew Wechik is going to find out in a big... because I was about almost as big as I am now in high school. Well, I never hit the bottom of a lake any faster any time in my life. And I was breathing, <laughs> breathing in sand and water and... lucky son of a gun... I said to myself. So I thought, I, well, he lets me up out of here. He's going to find out. So we come up. I hit the bottom again pretty hard when we were struggling. The third time up, I decided that maybe I better forget about, I, I better forget about trying to dunk uh, Andrew. But I had big, big money, a dollar ten an hour. But you know, back then, uh, nobody, nobody talked about what money you were making. It was all about friendship, your friends, your neighbors. Nowadays, it's all money. And the only way we're going to make the station keep going, it probably is the same way with money. But back then, it was different. So I worked on Bark Lake, and I wrote a song about it. Nobody else wants to hear this but me, but I wrote a song about it. I'm going to do it tonight. It goes like this. for 
at Barclay. Every Friday night we come home late. For Bernie and the captain drives our boat. And I don't think that they could swim or float. And they'd say, well, we're working for the four streets at Barclay. And every Friday night we did get home late. Yes, Bernie and the captain drives our boat. And I don't think that they could swim or float. Remember Abby? He'd always. Well, Abby, the boss, came around. But most of his time he spent in town. But work went on here every day. I could hear all the men say, Yes, we're working for the four street at Barclay. And every Friday night we'd get home late. For Bernie and the captain drive the boats. Yes, and I don't think that they could swim or float. We'd go to work. Monday break at home Yes, Friday afternoon We come home And you could hear All the men say They sing this song Every day Yes, we're working For the fourth street At Barclay And every Friday night We come home late for Bernie and the captain drives the boat. Oh, and I don't think that they could swim the boat. I don't think that they, I don't think they could swim the boat. Don't laugh at it. That's the first one I wrote. So that's a long time ago, and I never sang that till here just the other day for, I don't know, since I was maybe 30. <laughs> but it's a kind of a good story about the great gentleman that worked there, wasn't it? Anyway, uh, I, I built quite a few businesses in Madawaska and, and um, went through a divorce. And when you do that, uh, I wrote a song. <laughs> At least I'm getting them laughing here. <laughs> anyway, I wrote a song, and uh, uh, divorce is hard. It's kind of like a, maybe like a death that they stay around. But anyway, I wrote a song that's called Up and Gone. And it goes like this. And if you just picture owning the stores and the post office and the gas station and the restaurant, what else do I own? I don't think I owned anything when I was done. <laughs> anyway, and then going through a divorce and then meeting your ex um, in town. And that's what this is about. Up and gone, up and gone is forever. It's 
Yes, forever up and gone. Well, might stay today, but I meet her yesterday, and all that I can say is up and gone. Up and gone. When I meet you today at the corner store, will I know who you are, or will I just treat you as a stranger? As we're passing, as we're passing through the door, up and gone, up and gone is forever. Yes, forever. It just. Up and gone, up and gone is forever. Yes, forever. It just up and gone. If I dreamed my dreams forever. Could I still live with you, or will will our love just vanish? The love I had, the love that I had with. Up and gone, up and gone is forever. Yes, forever. It just. Yes, forever. Yes, forever. Up and gone. You're up and gone. Love me forever. But forever up and down. And you said there'd never be another. 
up and gone, up and gone, is forever, yes forever, you're forever just, you're forever just, just up and All those sad songs. As we're in this great building tonight, we, sh we all should be very proud of, her, of our heritage. It makes us who we are. It makes us who we are today. And, uh, you know, we're talking Whitney, Barry's Bay, you know, Wilno, and all the way down the line. These buildings in this history, is, it makes, makes who we are. And I'm going to tell you, it don't matter how much stress you have today. Remember how blessed you are. Because the people that came before us, they built the valley. And it don't matter on the stress today. Just remember how blessed you are today. That pretty well does it for us tonight. But before we'd go... I'd like to thank Percy for so freely sharing his considerable talents. Not only are you a great local songwriter of consequence, but I must say a wonderful musician and a great storyteller. But Percy had another motive for entertaining us tonight. You see, Percy Bresenhan grew up in Madawaska, the next town just up the old railway line from Barry's Bay. So he appreciates what we're trying to do here preserve and promote this old railway station. Because like those other 29 towns that once had a similar station, Madawaska ended up eventually losing their station. So when we reached out and asked a few well-known local musicians to help us out, Percy didn't have to be asked twice. So let's give Percy what he came for tonight, not just a big round of applause, which he certainly deserves, but if you really like what you heard, and would like to see more life come back into this station like the music and stories we heard tonight, by all means drop something into our famous Philip, the donation jar, before you pass out the door and merrily go on your way. Percy will be much obliged. For myself, Joanne Olson, and our producer, Barry Conway, thank you once again for coming out, and thank you, Percy Bresenhan, for an interesting and very original night of song and story. Good night and good luck. Thank you. Thank you.